Hey, this is Joe Conti, and you're listening to Jim and Mike Talk Music. But having a family member as a cop is awesome because you get that shield. Did we hear every, people have PBA cards, right? Yeah, PBA cards. Two, I spit at PBA cards. I got the shield. It's made of tin. It's got my name on it, bare family member. So I get away with murder. 100 miles an hour. It's weird, man, because I'll get pulled over and a cop be like, yeah, license, registration, insurance. Where you going, pal? I'm like, here you go. He goes, have a good day. <laughs> That's what it's like. But even though I have that shield and I have that car blanche, I still get nervous when a cop gets behind me. It's the weirdest thing. Because when you drive, you look forward. Not when a cop gets behind you. You stare at the rear of your mirror for 10 minutes at a time. <laughs> right? You just be driving, and you're just like, oh, everything's cool. We're just hanging out. And you're like, oh, cop behind me. It's cool. I didn't do nothing wrong. <laughs> Guy's still behind me. <laughs> 10 and 2. <laughs> I don't even know what's in front of me right now. Either pull me over or just leave me alone. Oh, seatbelt on, 10 and two. I got my license, I'm good. Your mind goes and you turn into just a regular guy into America's most wanted. Cause you're just like, all right, all right, all right, all right. I, I'm good. Uh, I got my insurance card, registration, I'm all good. Why is he still behind me? You know? I did coke in 1989. <laughs> you think that shit's still in my system? And then what happens? You get pulled over, and then they have the lights that have to warn you to pull over, and they don't turn them off. So you got these big, huge lights attracting everybody's attention. And I don't care if you get pulled over in your neighborhood or in Montana. People you don't want to see happen to be driving by at that moment in time. I'm pulled over and I'm just like, oh man. And then here comes my ex-girlfriend with her better looking boyfriend in a convertible. I'm like, here comes my guidance counselor. I knew that kid was gonna be a piece of shit. I knew it. And then I see Miss Terrell and she's like, you should have been a police officer. Today we have a special guest. He's a comedian, a podcaster, honeymooner's nut, and recovering Beatles addict. And I'm told he's a funny guy. So let's all welcome to Jim and Mike Talk Music, Mr. Joe Fenster. Oh, hold on. Joe Conte. <laughs> oh, I have Hello, hello. Oh, wait, you get the applause. Oh, there we go. Yay. They love you, Joe. Yay. So Joe and I have known each other. I'd say a couple of years, at least. Yeah, the, for sure, honey, yeah. Through the Honeymooners, and it's not Correct. a travel, travel agency we run. It's um, <laughs> the TV yeah, show. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah it's um, not a recent couple who just got married either. I have to drink for this, okay? I might have to drink oh, for this interview. Oh, what do you got? I usually don't drink this early. It's a workhorse, New England. IPA is it a beer, yeah, it's a beer. IPA. I don't know much about the, the you IPAs, and I'm not a big beer drink. My wife likes beer. I uh, it's never been a my thing. What do you drink? You drink anything? Uh, um, I'm not a big drinker, but a couple of years ago, my wife brought home uh, cherry vodka, mm -hmm. and um, and then I mixed that with like diet Dr Pepper, cherry Dr Pepper, okay. and. The first, I, the first eight years up until that point, I think my wife saw me drunk three times, mm -hmm. and uh, it's been a lot since then. <laughs> I was, I drank wine coolers in high school. I was that guy, you know what I mean? Zima, because I just never liked beer. Yeah, I just never really cared for beer. The new wine cooler is that hard seltzer. It's not, it's not good. I drink seltzer, but no, it's, it tastes too <laughs> much like seltzer, and I hate seltzer. I so never understood seltzer. So since this is mainly we talk about music, we're going to start with talking about music. Correct. What were some of the first bands you or musicians that you listened to, like when you were a kid or? Yeah, I grew up uh, 
Well, actually, the first album I ever bought was Foreigner 4. Okay. Um, That's a like good one. 11, 11 or 12 years old. That was my first record I ever bought. And uh, to records when, you know, my parents had music, you know, like in the 70s when I was a little kid. But my first record was Foreigner 4. And then I went to buy uh, Blizzard of Oz by Ozzy mm -hmm. because I heard Crazy Train. Yeah. But yeah. I couldn't find it. So I bought Diary of a Madman instead. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where I kind of I started my my uh, my love for, you know, hard rock and heavy metal. OK. And then I got into it. Name in high school was Joe Dio because I was a big Ronnie James Dio fan. And I had the long hair and I would do like, you know, the uh, you know, the horns and that <laughs> kind of stuff. You know, it was yeah. the 80s. You know, that's mm -hmm. what you did. And uh, and then it just progressed there. I got into harder and harder stuff. And then in the ladies, I started DJing. I started spinning club music. Really? Yeah. Really? Yes. It was a weird time. I did it for like four years. I I did like club music. I did parties. I made mixtapes. I had long hair. I was a heavy metal <laughs> kid, but I was spinning club music. <laughs> it was definitely a strange, strange time for me. That's uh, what I always wanted to be, but I never pursued DJ. What, now, a DJ? Yeah. You know, now you have serious radio. I guess you still have sort of DJs, but they're not really yeah. vinyl. When I was 10 years old, before I even got into, you know, like my own music, me and my uh, best friend at the time, we lived across the street from each other. We used to do a pretend radio show. Okay. We were, we used to record it on like mm -hmm. a cassette and we would play bits. We made up song parodies. Yeah. And we called the station W.I.O.U. It was the corniest <laughs> thing ever. I did and, that because uh, um, I always wanted to do radio. Yeah, I did something with my nephew. I was like 15. It was called the Robin uh, Rick Hour. OK, not the, I like not that. The Jim and Rick Hour, but Robin. No, Rick. because you have 11 yeah. names. No, I know it's it's weird. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, like you work for the FBI. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to sometimes. <laughs> but that was so long ago. We would record on eight tracks. And uh, oh, wow. OK, yeah. we recorded on cassettes. Yeah, this was like 1981, 1982. Mm -hmm. there. But we would play the songs and we would um, we would talk through the songs like or we would make fun of the songs. We would also call oh, okay. people. We would call people prank calls. And I don't I don't have any of the um, eight tracks, but my friend somehow he must have had. I must have given him copies, but he gave me a cassette of our phone calls. So that's all I have this is we're talking oh. uh, 1979, 80. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, we called it. Did you ever like play them or put them out somewhere on like YouTube or anything? No, like that? I got to transfer them and maybe. I mean, this was before the jerky that would boys. Be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, listen, the original guys, the you know, the two bar tapes, you know, those uh -huh. guys, the guys used to call Red down at Jersey okay. City. That uh -huh. was like the early seventies. But uh, yeah, I, I'd be interested to see what a couple of kids doing prank. I mean, because we all did prank calls. Yeah, but nobody yeah, we, recorded them. <laughs> we call this pizza place, and uh, you know, McDonald's had the the Muppet glasses. Uh, at the time. Okay. So I, we would call to place an order and ask if they had the Miss Piggy glass, you know, on the motorcycle. And the guy was playing along with us. I mean, it wasn't. You think he knew? Yeah, I think he knew. He was just going along with it. Yeah. It wasn't groundbreaking, uh, you know, the, yeah. the greatest prank calls of all time. And then we would call as the radio station. We'd say we we're calling from the radio station and. If you can answer this one question, you, you'll win 10 albums, 10 or a case of like Pepsi or something, which, you know, we never sent to them. But of course, what are you going to do? Is ship at UPS in 1980? Yeah. But we called this one guy. He was our district, my district manager for the newspaper. And it, I feel bad still to this day. He, he wanted the 10 albums and he's like trying to come up with 10 albums. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't listened to those in a long time. All right, uh, Kiss Alive. That counts for one, but it's double album. Uh, uh, REO Speedwagon. You can tune a piano. Yeah, High Infidelity. <laughs> yeah. So last year, 
uh, I think to get away from your wife, you went down in your basement and started listening to Beatles albums, you know, during uh, the lockdown. No, it was actually, uh, <laughs> it, it was, uh, no, it was right before, the, it was December of 2019. Oh, really? Of my, uh, my part, yeah, my part-time job that I work in the morning, I drive a truck and I saw the mm -hmm. movie yesterday. Yeah, uh, yeah, in September great. 2019. And I thought it was a great move. It was fun. And oh, then yeah. I saw it again on a flight in uh, in October. We were on a, a plane mm -hmm. and I'm very nervous about flying. So it happened to be on. So yeah. I watched it again and I was never a Beatles fan. Never. Like, okay. I, I'm, I'm a realistic uh, person. I know that they were great, but I didn't really care about them. I didn't care. Yeah. yeah. But one day I was in my work truck and we're very busy. It's Christmas time. You could probably figure out what type of a job I had. Yeah, in that regard. And I just remember I had my Bluetooth with my uh, my my phone and 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 all of a sudden I just said, you know what, I'm going to give the Beatles a chance. <laughs> and I went on mm -hmm. Amazon and I took their first album and mm -hmm. I played the first album and then did the second and the third yeah. and all the okay. way until, uh, let you know, to let it be. Okay. And then I kept listening and mm -hmm. I would listen again and then I would listen okay. again. And I would listen again. And eight months later, because after eight months, I had to stop using Amazon because my wife started using the Amazon. So I went mm -hmm. on. But I estimated from December to like August. Right. Mm -hmm. I listened to each album mm -hmm. from Rubber Soul to Let It Be probably 250 times. Wow. Wow. In Jeez. nine months. <laughs> And the other and the first four or five albums, I probably listened to like 150 times because wow. I didn't I wasn't into the early stuff as much. Mm -hmm. And in August of 2020 is when I started listening to the Beatles channel on Sirius XM. I always had Sirius on my phone mm -hmm. and I would just listen to Breakfast with the Beat every day. And that's when I started hearing other stuff. And yeah. in two years now, I've listened to a lifetime worth of Beatles. I still listen to them nearly every day. If it was a drug, I would have overdosed and died. Yeah. <laughs> if it was alcohol, I would have destroyed my liver. And yeah. if it was food, I would be 600 pounds. Like that's how much I mm -hmm. have listened to them. And I've seen now a couple of Beatle tribute bands. Like I'm just, I, it's funny. I'm a 52 year old man. It took me till I was 50 to become yeah. a giant obsessed Beatles fan. Mm -hmm. That's why I said you're a Beatles. Even my wife you're recovering Beatles, but you're not recovering. I didn't know you weren't recovering. No, I'm I'm a late <laughs> bloomer. I, I waited till I was 50 to become a, a, an insane Beatles fan. And I, in fact, me and my friend who's been a Beatles fan since he was a kid, we want to start doing a podcast. Uh, okay. We already made an intro for it called the mm -hmm. No Besides Podcast all about the Beatles, but in a okay. humorous way. Like we're not going to talk about chord progressions and stuff, but Right now, he's dealing with uh, cancer, so oh, he's okay. been, you know, getting treatments and stuff, and he's doing pretty good. But once he gets out of the woods where he really starts to feel good, hopefully we could start doing that on occasion. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm I'm just a, a massive, massive Beatles fan. And it took me 50 years because I know in, in March of 2020, that's when you started on Facebook with posting about your yeah, Beatles song. I was the doing day. the Beatles Beatles yeah. song of the day. I figured everybody's, you know, it was locked down. And, and uh, so yeah. I, I did that for a couple of months. Uh, I did like uh, 50 or 60 songs. Yeah, you did and that then, till uh, June. I don't. Yeah. yeah, it was. You know what? The, when the George Floyd thing happened, uh -huh. I don't know. I, it just kind of was like, yeah, it just kind of put me in a in a in a place where I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, yeah. All of a sudden, you know, the whole country kind of went crazy and and which mm -hmm. I should have done it more. But it just kind of made me say, hey, you know what? I'm yeah. I'm just, you know, do whatever. And uh, well, once you put it yeah, out there yeah, that yeah. you're going to do a song of the day, you know, it's like you're like, oh, I got to post, you know, you're posting every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden I'm like, this is work. I didn't, yeah, do, I didn't yeah. do this to do work. I yeah, because you went fun. into you went into detail on on a lot of those. I I like those though. I, and I I've always liked it was, the Beatles. It was fun. I don't. I haven't listened to the Beatles as much as you know the albums. I've probably heard maybe ten times. I mean that's that's amazing. Right. <laughs> you listen to them that much. Oh, it was just, <clears throat> and especially because a lot of the albums they're not that long. 
you know? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. even, uh, you know, Abbey minutes. Road is probably there. Yeah, they're quick. Yeah. So I would go through all 12 albums, you know, mm-hmm. and like by noon. And then I'd be like, well, okay, you know what? I'll, uh, all right, I'll listen to Hard Day's Night one more time today. And then, yeah. and then it'd be like, all right, now it's four o'clock. I got an hour before my wife gets home. Mm-hmm. I'll listen to Rubber Soul one more time. <laughs> like it was, yeah. it was madness, dude. It was, mm-hmm. it, and I still listen to him nearly every day. And uh, it, it in two years, probably 85% of the music that I've listened to in the last two years has mm-hmm. been the Beatles. Okay. And up until four <laughs> months ago, it was close to 95%. It was just, that's mm-hmm. all I listened to. I listened to that and I would listen to podcasts and, and, you know, and stuff like that. But that was it. it Do you get into really the, it, it, any of the solo albums like McCartney or Lennon? Or- well, I would hear all of their, a lot of their songs on the channel. Okay. Yeah. So that's what was cool. I got, I got to hear so many of the solo stuff that I mm-hmm. didn't know, you know, yeah. along with so many Beatles songs that I didn't know to begin with. Most of my favorite mm-hmm. Beatles songs are songs I'd never heard of before. Okay. You know, yeah. so it's like, it's weird. But yeah, some of the solo stuff, and even I like Ringo stuff, dude. It's fun, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and uh, McCartney, he, he's probably the most prolific, but. Uh, yeah. Harrison had some great stuff and and John Lennon really had some heavy, heavy stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like heavy as in like trippy, heavy, you know, yeah. like oh, yeah. real like yeah. um, you know, uh, stuff that really meant something to him. It's just uh, it's been it's been life jarring, dude, life mm-hmm. jarring for me. <laughs> it changed. He wanted to learn how to play guitar mm-hmm. like I never wanted to never thought. And I was going to ask I, you I, that. I have you to... ever have you ever picked up an instrument? Have you ever tried to play? I, Were you in, like I in high school? I played the piano when I was a kid. Okay. When I was a, a kid, like ten years old, my parents got me piano lessons. I did that for like six months, and then my piano teacher quit on me <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, because uh, it was too far of a travel for him, and he wasn't you know doing like ten dollars a lesson. Yeah, and it wasn't yeah. worth. And then I started playing in elementary school. Um, I wanted to play the trumpet and okay. because we were poor and I had no money, I couldn't buy a trumpet. So they let me borrow the baritone and I got oh, okay. to play the baritone, which is like the mini tuba. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I played that until my freshman year and I was terrible. And uh, and that's it. That's the uh, and I wasn't good at the piano. Yeah. I wasn't good on the baritone. And I, I would like to learn how to play guitar, but it scares the hell out of me. It looks so unbelievably hard like people tell me doing stand up is hard but playing the guitar mm-hmm. looks so unbelievably hard but i would like to just try it just for me well, well i know go, i'm not gonna be a rock star if you go on youtube there i mean i even go on youtube to learn some songs and i i can't i've been playing guitar since i was 15 but i'm still i only still know like eight chords you know i'm learning more once you know the basic chords then you can start experimenting and well, that's the thing. But here's here's my dilemma. Here's my dilemma with the guitar. Mm-hmm. OK, it's it's funny and it's it's idiotic, but it's true. I even though I don't play guitar, but mm-hmm. I play guitar lefty. OK, OK, <laughs> so it's comfortable for me. So mm-hmm. now I'm trying to find like a lefty acoustic guitar oh, yeah. Yeah. without spending a ton of money. Because yeah. I don't even know. I might try it for two weeks and be like, yeah, I can't do this. It's too mm-hmm. hard. So for about a year now, I've been saying I want to play guitar and it's getting closer because I got a couple mm-hmm. of friends who are musicians and they're looking out for me to get like, uh, I know it's funny. I got people who play. Hey, idiot, just get the regular guitar and just <laughs> mm-hmm. play it the regular way because you don't know how to play it. Or and I'm play like, it upside well, down. Why do you? <laughs> Well, that's just, some guys say just play it upside down, but yeah. they say it's a it's a little bit different. Yeah, but yeah. I know when I'm going to tell people, I go, well, why don't you play it the other way then? Well, mm-hmm. I'm comfortable like that. Well, I'm comfortable this way. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like I don't know how to play guitar, but I air guitar this way. It feels comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that is, that is so kind of you're, you're right handed and play. You know, you want to play the guitar left handed. Well, I'm I'm half and half. Like okay. I throw righty, mm-hmm. I play guitar lefty, I kick lefty, mm-hmm. and I dribble a basketball lefty. Wow. So okay. I do about <laughs> half the things lefty and the other half mm-hmm. right. 
you know, I, I, I throw righty also, but yeah. So my problem is my, I, I don't have long fingers, you know, and I always think with people with bigger hands, longer fingers, they can play a little better. Okay. I don't know. You know, Ooh, I don't think I have very big. I, yeah. I have like mine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Let's talk about comedy in school. Were you one of those class clowns or did that, did comedy come later for you? Yeah, uh, I wasn't consider. I don't think I don't remember being the funny kid in school. Mm-hmm. I have some friends of mine that when I, I saw that they hung out in school and I saw them years later and they go, no, dude, you were funny. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't remember being funny. I wasn't known as the funny kid. OK, um, I uh, I think that, you know, I think I started develop my humor when I got out of high school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, listen, my my mom was funny. My dad's goofy, you know, for being old, old Italians. You know, they had a funny humor in a weird way. So I I picked up on that. My sister's very funny. My brother, who's a cop and he is always like serious. You think he's serious. My brother's got a good sense of humor, too. So mm-hmm. it's definitely uh, runs in the family type of thing. Now, did you start out like open mic night? Like, how, how did you? Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah, it was um, what happened was it, I'll try to make a long story short. I was best man at my uh, one of my friends. And so I did a speech mm-hmm. and in front of like 150 people, got a okay. couple of drinks in me and I did this speech and it was funny and mm-hmm. heartfelt. And I was like, oh, wow, because I, I always said I wanted to do comedy. And now mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, my God, I just performed in front of people. Yeah, I thought yeah. that's pretty cool. So I went to a party that night because my friend was a cheapskate. He had a wedding during the day. So we went to um, like this party that night. And I saw a friend of mine who was like more friends with my brother. And he told me he's been doing stand up for like three weeks. Mm -hmm. And he never seemed like that funny person. Uh I guess I was still flying high on my speech. Mm -hmm. And I said (laughs) in in my head, I'm like, if this friggin guy can do it, I should be able to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he ended up being really funny and we did stand up together for a while. But so um, I got his number. I said, dude, next time you go, let me know. I want to with you. And then mm-hmm. like two weeks later, he saw me and he said, dude, uh, we're going to go to the stress factory oh, on yeah. Wednesday night in New Brunswick, do an open mic Yep, in New Brunswick. So I went mm-hmm. down. I was uh, frightened out of my mind. <laughs> and when they called me up there, Uh, There were people that I knew in the audience. They were there to see my friend. And since Mm -hmm. we all grew up together and I remember seeing a girl that I knew right in the front who I always knew and liked, and she was always cool. And she always thought I was funny. So Mm -hmm. I just focused on her for the five minutes that I was up there. Yeah. Yeah. And did a couple of jokes and, and probably did, you know, I, I got a couple of laughs, but you know, obviously it was probably terrible stuff, but for Mm -hmm. my first time and, I was like, wow, like, what a high. Like, oh, it was yeah. so amazing. So yeah, get- then I just, uh, I, I went back again mm-hmm. and then just kept doing it. Just to get the audience's reaction. And yeah, it's, uh, it is pretty amazing. Uh, you're scared. And at the, it's like your first time having sex. You're scared mm-hmm. out of your mind, <laughs> but it feels really good. And that's kind of how it was that first time. It mm-hmm. was scary as hell. But I just kind of said I could get used to doing this. Yeah. And uh, and that was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, when you when you come up with new jokes, do you do you just do you try them out on an audience or do you try them out on your wife? I mean, that's a hard. Yeah, audience, I'll, I a think. lot of times I'll try them yeah. out with like uh, I'll, I'll like try a, a joke or a premise out on my wife or some of my friends, even comic mm-hmm. friends. OK. Um, and then usually they might say, yeah, that's a that's a good bit, you know, good one. Mm-hmm. You know, you work on it. And then uh, even if they say no, if I'm stubborn enough, I'm like, I'm frigging trying it anyway, you know, <laughs> and uh, and then I'll try to, you know, work it out and do it a couple of times on stage and then see if uh, if it gets mm-hmm. any traction. Usually just depends on how I feel doing it. And then mm-hmm. uh, then you just keep doing it, you know, and then uh, yeah. eventually it ends up being like a, a decent bit. Living in Jersey is is cool, um, but we we uh, as I'm traveling around the country, I'm realizing that um, 
we have a reputation. Um, nobody likes us. And this isn't Jersey Shore, Jersey Licious. This is way before that. They hate us. Do you know this? That there was a poll done. My friend uh, told me this. There was a poll done that said America is the most hated country in the world. And we can agree with that. We're fine with that. We're okay with that. But there was another poll done that said New Jersey is the most hated state in America. So by association, we're the most hated people on the planet. And we don't give a shit. This is my point, people. I just told you that everybody hates you and you're like, yeah. That's a bizarre way of thinking. And you know what our big problem is? You know what our reputation is? It's not all the Guido stuff, it's none of that. They say we're bad drivers. Is that weird? Like I've been out to the Midwest and they're like, yeah, Mr. Conti, I've been to Jersey. You, you from Jersey? Yes, sir. You people can't drive. I go, no, you people can't drive. See, you have to understand something. New Jersey is the fourth smallest state in the country. Fourth smallest state. But per square mile, we're the most densely populated state in the entire country. And there's nothing in South Jersey. <laughs> nothing. You know what's in South Jersey? Traffic circles and blueberries, that's it. <laughs> I used to think, and I used to think it was just us, you know? But it's insane. It's like, we, we should be, I mean, re realistically, we're bad drivers, we should be getting into car accidents like every 12 seconds. It should be, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Allstate, Geico, Allstate, Geico. And the crazy, I mean, we're insane when we drive. Like, I mean, you can see, like, like you, you, you're, 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 you look like a very sweet woman. She's this little, she's this little, little girl, little woman right here. And I can picture you driving in your SUV, standing on the floor because you can't see over the dash. And, and I mean, you, you look like such a sweet person, but I guarantee, don't cut her off. Because you can just picture, she, she has a beautiful smile. She's like, and somebody cuts her off. She's like, yo, mother Really, you cut me off? I got kids in the backseat. I was about to beat them. Now, I'm going to beat you. We're insane. Did you ever get cut off by somebody and then start to follow them? Until they pull into a police station? no good. But I thought it was just in New Jersey, in the Northeast. It's not. It's all over the country. We're insane. So I would think that that first show at Stress Factory might have been, maybe that was your worst show. Hopefully. Over time. No, no, no. Uh, my my okay. third show <laughs> okay. was my worst show ever. Okay. Because what happened was I did it the first time at the stress factory. I did like five minutes, got a couple of chuckles. Then I went back like mm -hmm. a, a week later okay. and started doing the same jokes. And I, I was bombing. Uh -huh. Then I started making fun of myself that I was uh -huh. bombing. So I got a couple of laughs. Yeah. And then I, uh, I, the, my next spot was at this bar, this place where they do comedy in Wallington, New Jersey called Pietro's. So mm -hmm. it was going to be a Saturday night. So yeah, so I'm uh, I'm 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 excited. This is like my first real show, right? Mm -hmm. And I get there early and I started drinking beer, right? I'm not a big mm -hmm. beer drinker, right? Yeah. But I was like, I want to have a beer to loosen up a little bit. And uh long and short, I end up getting hammered. Hammered out of my mind. And now they got me going last because I uh -huh. brought most of the people. So now I'm hammered and and I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. And they're like, well, you got to go up yeah. and I go up and proceed to bomb for 40 minutes. Wow. That's a long time. I, and I don't even I don't have 40 minutes worth of material. Yeah. I was just bombing. I'm doing mm -hmm. jokes that I thought were good. And uh, I started I started pulling notes out like 
shuffling papers and I'm reading and it was all people that knew me and there's nothing. There's mm-hmm. just silence. I'm just bombing. And at some point I actually said something like, listen, I know you guys love me, but you got to say something. And one of my friend's uncles like, you suck. And I was like, you know, <laughs> you didn't have to go that harsh. Yeah. And uh, it ended up being uh, a disaster. But, wow. um, you know, and uh, I, I started repeating jokes. But it was mm. so bad. But then, uh, you know, listen, I, that was the last time I drank on stage. Yeah I, yeah, I don't I don't do any of that. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't need that before I go on stage. I don't know how guys do it, but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. And then after that, I started doing more mics and and then you just, uh, you know, you start developing. It takes a while, mm-hmm. but it's uh, I'm doing OK. I love talking to you. For our listeners, the first time I talked to you on the phone, if you remember, right. We talked for three hours. I think so. Like cackling hands. Yeah, it was hands, ridiculous. Like yeah, it was. I don't Two even know what we talked cackling hands. We talked for like three hours. <laughs> My wife was like, who are you talking to? I mean, it's a friend of mine. She doesn't know who you are. And now she's like, so what is he, your girlfriend? And I'm like, you know what? You just be quiet. No, you're a person that I feel like I've known all my life it's easy to talk to you yeah yeah it was like i started talking to you and i'm like this guy's all right man i can sit there and and yap and (laughs) you know we you know we have a a lot of the same type of uh kind of thoughts and and beliefs Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing yeah yeah and um you know i've always been you know it's funny when i was in high school people used to always say i should be one of three things Mm -hmm. they used to say i should be either a comedian a bartender mm-hmm. or actually four things, uh, a comedian, a bartender, a um, what do you call it? a psychiatrist or uh-huh. a drug dealer? <laughs> Those are the things they always said. They uh-huh. said drug dealer because I never did any drugs in high school. So they were like, you would make a great drug dealer because you don't do any of the drugs. So you would make more money. Yeah. And psychiatrists like I was that guy that all of my friends and girls that I was friends with would all come to me. Talk yeah. to me about their problems, mm-hmm. which doesn't get you laid in high school. Just yeah. to let everybody good, know that doesn't get you laid in high school. Yeah, that was a good listener. That does <laughs> not get you any sexual activity in high school, being a mm-hmm. good listener. And um, so I guess we kind of uh, connected and just said, oh, you know yeah. what? I like this guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was easy. You uh, recently opened for Vic DiBattetto. And if people don't know who Vic DiBattetto is, he he he's known or was known as the bread and milk guy because he posted. That's the how video. people would be like, oh, yeah, the bread yeah. and milk guy. Yeah. When it was. Yeah. You know, it, the snow's coming. The winter, you know, people go out and they just we've got to get bread and milk. We got we're going to run out. And it went viral, as they say, as the kids say. Um, as yeah, as the youngsters say. Yeah. He was in, um, I think, Mall Cop might have been two. Uh, yeah, because he started out comedy in Long Island and he knew Kevin James. They all started together. Yeah, yeah. And then after his video hit, Kevin James kind of called him and said, mm-hmm. you know what? I, I, w- I love your character. You know, I like the, the character yeah. you do uh, in your videos. And he said, I would love for you to be this guy in my movie. Yeah, and, he played uh, one of his but, uh, bu- buddies in the Paul. Paul. What's his name? Paul Blart. Paul Blart Mall yeah. Cop, I think it's called. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I think it was two. It was the second one. Yeah, there were like and, three. Uh, three yeah, other so Vic took off. There were like three guys in that movie that were were Paul's friends or something. Uh, if I recall correctly. Uh, yeah, I think yeah they were like yeah. um, Long Island comics. Yeah. So that show that was what a week ago, a couple weeks ago. You opened for Vic. Yeah, I think it was November, November 13th. I think it was or. Yeah, I think it was a Saturday. And where, and, where uh, was that? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was at the Bergen Pack in okay. uh, Englewood, New Jersey. That's and, a pretty uh, decent yeah. sized place, right? Oh, yeah, dude. It's like fourteen hundred people or something. And mm-hmm. it wasn't sold out, but okay. there, it, I think they said it was over a thousand people which is the biggest crowd I'd ever been in front of before. Did you get a and, good reaction uh, at that show? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was, um, my wife was, I think more nervous than I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I was the only thing that was I was I don't want to say nervous. But the only thing I had like a trepidation on was about the time, because uh-huh. in comedy, when you you know, if you're a feature or you're a headliner, it's always like, all right, you do a half hour, you mm-hmm. do 45 and you can either have a, the, either the club will flash a light at a certain yeah. time to, you know, like, all right, I got two minutes left mm-hmm. or the host will flash a light okay. or you just, just look at your watch. You know, yeah. you got a little mm-hmm. thing time. Then you're like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. I got a couple of minutes left. Let me just tell you. Yeah. Well, you can't. They had nothing. Wow. There's no clock. <laughs> There's nothing. Right. You have mm-hmm. to time yourself. And I didn't want to be looking at my watch or nothing. Oh, yeah. So I. Oh, the guy who booked me said, do 25 minutes. So mm-hmm. I set up, I, I wrote down all the bits I was going to do. And I, I I was doing the bits in front of my dog in like the kitchen, like, <laughs> you know, re- reciting yeah. them. And I'm timing each bit and then I'm adding all the times together. And it came and I'm like, all right, I think I got it. I got it. It's mm-hmm. going to be close. It'll be pretty close. And I know they yeah. want you to be, you know, pretty close. And then, uh, we're backstage. I'm in the little green room thing. And my wife's like, all right, they gave her a ticket. So she was going to go and watch. And the girl mm-hmm. comes up to bring me down there. And she's like, uh, are you ready? I'm like, yeah, let's uh, let's go. And she, you're going to do 20. And I'm like, 20. <laughs> you told yeah. me th- uh, 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 25. What happened? And now <laughs> I'm panicking as I go down there because I'm like, you know, everything is now like, what am I going to take out? Like, uh, Oh, my God. Wow. What bit am I going to take out? Oh, and all yeah. that. It ended up working out. Uh, it was great. Such a great reaction. And then another thing was, was that there was supposed to be like an introduction, a pre-recorded introduction for mm-hmm. me. And then I get off stage and then a pre-recorded introduction for Vic. Well, the introductions aren't working. <laughs> so I have to walk out there and just uh-huh. like walk out and there like I was yourself. A, like I would. Well, yeah, like I was the, uh, you know, like the janitor and I happened to just, you know, end up on stage and uh, and then I had to bring Vic up. So mm-hmm. I walked on stage and the moment I walked on stage, people started clapping because mm-hmm. they knew, oh, this guy's on stage. That means 20 minutes from now, we're going to see Vic. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? So yeah. it was it wasn't like I had to, you know, like uh, attention, please. Attention. Yeah. They yeah. were ready to go. And, yeah, unfortunately, uh, they were there was, for for Vic. But, you know, a thousand like even though you said it wasn't sold out, a thousand people now know your name. And if you did well, the key. they're going to they're going to remember, hopefully your name, look you up, you know, yeah, find that's you. the key. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Where, you know, because I joke, I've been for a while. I'm like, do you know how many shows I got to do to get in front of a thousand people? Oh, yeah. You yeah. know? It's mm-hmm. a bunch. Yeah. And uh, and that was the most exciting thing. You know, I know there's not, you know, it, it's nice. And I'm hopefully that I could do more shows opening for Vic because Vic does yeah. like me. He doesn't really have a say. He doesn't really oh, care who opens for him. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. He's got a few people that open for him and he likes them. So yeah. whoever his manager books. Yeah. But it's um, it was uh, it was a, a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. the, be- the coolest part was I did my set. Right. I said, thank you. And then I brought up Vic mm-hmm. and they're nuts. You know, it's like they're all there to see Vic. Yeah. And, yeah. and as I'm walking off stage, Vic calls me back onto the stage. He goes, oh, Joe, oh, come here. Nice. And he yeah. goes, everybody, how great was he? Give it up one more time for Joe Conti, you know? And yeah. yeah. And that was really, really oh, awesome was, of him. Yeah. You know, so they yeah. got to hear my name one more time from the guy that they really wanted to see. Yeah. And, uh, it was just it was fantastic. It's like it's like a political campaign campaign, you know, like the guy that's endorsing you. So here's Vic DiBattato yeah, endorsing yeah. Joe Conte, In, endorsing yeah. Joe Conte. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And, and, you know, uh, like the stress uh, factory was, in small clubs like that, you're probably playing in front of if you're lucky, 50 people. Right. Well, the stress factory holds like three thirty. Oh, OK. But, you know, if I'm, okay. I'm open for like a big yeah. name, then, of course, you can get up in front of 300 people and. But it was just so nice. It was a theater. It was my first time doing a theater that big. Yeah. Uh, I might have done one other show with in front of like six or seven hundred people, but it was like almost mm-hmm. like a rock show. It was like kind of chaotic. It was fun, mm-hmm. but chaotic. And it was like 12 years ago. Yeah. This was so much fun. Yeah. And then the funny part about all of it is that was a Saturday night. Tuesday night, I'm doing a bar 
in Dinellan, New Jersey, mm-hmm. where nobody gave a crap about any of us and what we were doing there. <laughs> yeah. And we're all getting hecked with 75 year old black woman who like <laughs> acted like she was hammered and on on crack. They're just and there to drink, it was you know, and so bad. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, I actually said it. I go 36 hours ago. I was at the Bergen pack in front of a mm-hmm. thousand people yeah. loving me now. I'm because I want to make you people love me too. There's something uh-huh. really wrong with us. <laughs> and it was just a, it was just, but it was so funny. This woman was, mm-hmm. it was actually humorous. She was heckling everybody, uh-huh. but she was funny. And, yeah. you know, so it ended up being hilarious, but it was awful. And I was like, yep, I was brought right back to earth two days later. Mm-hmm. And I'm back into just yeah. doing crappy ass shows and uh but it was very fun how yeah. how uh how quickly you could go from like awesomeness to like what the hell am i doing here you know what i mean <laughs> well hopefully vic has you back or you get to open for bigger people yeah yeah, yeah i'm open for mitch fatel on uh tomorrow which is cool. what, what's the uh, name down mitch? At uncle vinnie's mitch comic Fet- club in what's his Life. name mitch fatel mitch fatel yeah He's uh he's I a want to get well back to this. supposed to be pretty packed and I want to get back to the stress factory. My wife went with me. My wife's not a big comedy person. I don't know. It's sad. She'd rather watch um you know, <laughs> a- Alexander like Skarsgård. Or- she loves Alexander Skarsgård the actor. So she'd rather spend what, her who, time What who? Who? Who he is was that? In, he was in Tarzan. He was in True Blood. Which was, it sounds like a very expensive bourbon. Like, I don't even Alexander Skarsgård, Hunter Proof. Uh, <laughs> it goes great with Diet Coke. Like, what the yeah. hell is that? He's from uh, Sweden. Who is that? Well, we actually, we went to Sweden like three years ago. I told my wife, I said, okay. you were like, like what, what stalker actually gets on a plane for like, you know, 12 hours to find someone's apartment in Stockholm? That's a little bizarre. Yeah, we found his apartment. So he, he's well, like, he a, wasn't there. He's a Swedish actor. Yeah, he's from uh, I forget what what district in Stockholm, but his whole family. Hit, um, Stellan is his father. He's in a ton of movies. He was in some Marvel movies. Uh, his like American oh, movies. Yeah, and and like I've I've probably seen every movie. Like, you know, with the subtitles and Norwegian movies. Uh, but you'll know that you might now, is know. That, is that your wife's nationality? She is part sweet. Yeah, she found out. Yeah. Oh, oh she found out. So she yeah, just, recently like, she didn't know what she, why she, she wanted to go to, to this. And she wanted to go to Sweden. And we're going back next year. I, I like I like Stockholm. I mean, it's it was an experience, you know, the ABBA Museum. Yeah, I heard it's really nice. <laughs> But to go uh, to go all the way over there to stalk an actor, think well, your wife. We, well, we didn't really go over it there, but she worked that <laughs> in somehow. But the town that he lives in, there's there's right. a there's a dessert place there. I'm serious. They only sell desserts, and I keep thinking about the ice cream that, like, the Sunday I had. I mean, that's how incredible it was. Right. Well, they have a place in Key West called Better Than Sex, and it's a restaurant. Uh-huh just okay. with desserts yeah yeah and uh yeah i don't know the name of this place it's unbelievable unbelievable if you're ever in key west you got to go okay. to better than sex it's mm-hmm. unbelievable like the desserts that they have it's a restaurant and it's a very you know it's got a nice ambiance to it you know almost like mm-hmm. a very uh dark with nice red lights and stuff like that and it's ridiculous mm-hmm. so it might be that same type of thing where yeah. it's just Meats and desserts, almost like a restaurant. So the so Alexander's bro, he has like three brothers, right? The oh, we're one, back on Alexander the Great now again. Well, well, well I, this would put you in more focus. <laughs> the movie, the movie okay. It, when they remade It with the clown, right? Correct. That's Alexander's brother. I forget his name now. Oh, my wife's gonna kill me. I forget his name, but so that's it. And then his other brother was in Vikings. Which we 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 watched, which actually I like. Is that a that's a show, right? Yeah, that was on um, the History Channel. It uses some parts of actual history, 
but it's it's a you know it's a fictional show too that was on for six or seven seasons oh okay. wow okay okay let's get i think i heard of it <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it sounds like the wife doesn't want to <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um i wanted to ask you who some of your favorite comedians are um with the exception of bill cosby we're not going to talk about him um, <laughs> yeah now my now mine are george carlin and steve mm-hmm. martin i've like steve martin since i was probably 12 13 when i first right. found out about him so what are some of your favorite comedians well uh with comics that i'm like not like friends with or like you know comics who i don't yeah, work yeah, with yeah like my famous. first and on top is george carlin okay george carlin to me yeah. is there's george Carlin, and then there's everybody else mm-hmm. george carlin uh and actually i remember my parents had a George Carlin record. I think it was uh-huh. FM Gold, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And I remember listening to that as a kid. I'm not going to tell you that, you know, I know some of these comics. They're like, I knew I was going to be a, a comic when I was, you know, in my father's testicles. You know, I'm not <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that. And I'm not even saying I was. But I remember listening me, and my brother's sister listening to that album. Mm-hmm. And he was always he's always been my favorite. You know, and then, of course, I, you know, like there's there's Chris Rock, there's Rodney. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of the, the greats. But George Carlin, to me, is is the best that's ever done it. Uh, My wife got me the um, the box set a couple of years ago of the HBO specials. Oh, OK. I have All to 12? get back to watching this. Well, yeah, but he was a genius. He and I think he was, he was a best. Comedian. I got to meet him. Oh, really? Nice. Yep. I got to meet him in was November of 2002. Or... Yeah. My friend, uh, it was when we were first starting out doing comedy and my friend got his email from somebody at MTV mm-hmm. and he emailed him and he told him that we were all big fans and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And yeah. he invited us to a show at the Westbury Music Fair. Oh, okay. I mean, the Westbury Music, uh, uh, you know, hall or whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. It was comedy in the round where you okay. like spin. So his opener was this guy, Dennis Blair. So he does his opener mm-hmm. and then there's an intermission and then Carlin comes out. Yeah. But we got to meet before his show. We got to go backstage mm-hmm. like six wow. of us. Yeah. And he came and met us and he was so cool. He could only he hung with us for like three, four minutes. You know what I mean? He had a yeah. show to do, but yeah. it was definitely one of the cooler moments in in my life, I got to mm-hmm. meet George Carlin. I actually made him laugh, and nice. it was just like amazing. It was wow. amazing, and what a super cool, super, super cool man. And mm-hmm. I, I just wish he was still alive today. Yeah, just to you know, because he died in two thousand eight. Like he never even yeah. got to see the Obama presidency. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like how great yeah. would have been for him to see the Obama presidency, the mm-hmm. Trump presidency, oh, yeah. all the madness that's going on now with everything. Like mm-hmm. he would have been so much fun to to know what he would have thought it would have been awesome. Rodney's one of my favorites. I love mm-hmm. Rodney. Rodney is just, you know, I, I love Rodney. Like, hey, I'm yeah. doing all right now. But last week I was in rough shape. I was in rough shape. I mean, wow. he was just the best. Yeah. He was the best. I love Rodney. I like, why, let me tell you something. If anybody who's listening, if anybody who likes Rodney Dangerfield, go find early Rodney Dangerfield stuff from like the 60s and early mm-hmm. 70s. It's before he found that no respect yeah. type of thing. and. He was definitely, you know, he was more of almost like a, like a, like a, like a, a Jewish comedian, you know, like doing like mm-hmm. a, the Borge Belt type of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. his stuff was a little bit more lengthy. He would do mm-hmm. like little bits. And it's cool because it's like you're watching him develop into mm-hmm. the comic that he became. Just uh-huh. like when we talk about the honeymoon. I'll even, I'll have to you go know, back the, the lost episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it might not be as good, but you know, you know what it turns into. And it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And even his, his early, early stuff is funny, man. I like his early stuff, yeah. too. I like anything that Rodney does. Anything. I remember he he wrote a book and he was going to be at this bookstore in Ridgewood. 
I don't know if you've heard of it. Bookends. They have a lot of famous people yes. there. Yeah, it's pretty pretty well known place. Yep. And I was also I was so looking forward to going. He was doing a book signing, and it was right. Uh, I don't know if he canceled or it was during his. Yeah, I think he had brain surgery. He wasn't doing well, you know, health wise. And then he passed away. Yeah, he died. I I can't say I regret not going because it was, you know, canceled. But I was really looking forward to meeting Rodney. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would have loved to met Rodney. That would have been so cool. So let's talk about some of your podcasts, uh, fellow podcaster. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, of course, the way we met was through the Honey, your Honeymooners (laughs) podcast, which is great. You do that with uh, your co-host, Louis Fats. Uh, Correct. Show 83. 83 or 84 i'm not sure 84 yeah Yeah. it's crazy you started crazy i don't even know um, how we got to when did you start that i don't know when you start (laughs) in uh june of uh 2019 you ask me dates dude i'm a i'm an idiot savant with dates so you don't have to uh double check you can just say it and i'll tell you what the dates are (laughs) okay i was just wondering if you're gonna run out of topics i know that the honeymooners had a a lot of great like content uh unbelievable 39 only 39 episodes but so yeah. much so and much going on in each episode yeah i'm wondering absolutely. if you're gonna do and, uh, go into the lost episodes there's i think 107 lost episodes you got the color honeymooners yeah, I, which were the 60s and then the sp- specials of course which were the 70s in the 70s right yeah, yeah. i think eventually we're going to try to delve into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, 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 we already talked about it. Like, you know, maybe we'll do like a, a lost, uh, a lost honeymooners a week or something, you know, yeah. because okay. not everybody knows the, the lost episodes. Mm-hmm. Like we know the original 39, Yeah, but right now we just keep coming up with more mm-hmm. material keep finding and it stuff. just keep coming, you know, and, yeah. but we're doing different we have like seven or eight different comedy bits now. It's mm-hmm. it's it's taken on a life of its own. And yeah. I enjoy doing it so much. It's so much fun. And it's crazy. Mm-hmm. We had, like, uh, you know, you, you find out like uh, a guy from uh, some show called uh, Ghost Hunters International. This mm-hmm. guy named Scott Tepperman. He was he's a big fan of the show. Uh-huh. And wow. some dude nice. named uh, some hip hop guy named uh, Scribble, who's pretty well uh-huh. known in the hip hop in, in Los Angeles. He mm-hmm. listens to this show. Really? It's like, wow. you know, you're, <laughs> you're finding out like, oh, my God, like people listen to this, mm-hmm. you know, and we have our regulars and the lunatics that listen and they're faithful and they, they love the show. And, yeah. and because they love the original show, just like we do, mm-hmm. you know, and and I think most people say it are like. I feel when I listen to you guys that I'm talking to two of my other friends at a diner yeah, about the show mm-hmm. and we're having laughs like me and you were sitting there BSing on the phone. Mm-hmm. We would just start talking about, you know, like an episode like Palomine and just start mm-hmm. talking about the scene and and mm-hmm. the weird stuff. And now we have so many different ty- types of bits we do, you know, like ad yeah. lib or not to ad lib or, mm-hmm. you know, flub of the week or jokes that should have got more laughs and Louis yeah. observations. And it's just so much fun. And uh, no, you and to Louis go, go together very well. I have to say the show is just so great to listen to. I mean, it. Oh, you listen well, thank to, you. You get a smile a, on your face, you know, <laughs> very yeah. fun, fun. Yeah. Show. And it's clean hearted and it's clean. Mm-hmm. We do. Yeah. We do a clean show, you know, no cursing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, just to, you know, because it, it's fun because Louie never did anything like this before. Yeah. So yeah. he just, you know, he just kind of, uh, you know, I just kind of took him along with me yeah, to say, listen, yeah. just sit in the passenger seat. I'll drive mm-hmm. and just, you know, you'll get the hang of yeah. it. And after about 20 episodes, he's like, he's like a star. You know, he mm-hmm. like I let him shine because he's just funny and he's smart mm-hmm. about the show and and. And we just have so much fun and people love it. And 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 you know what it is, man? So me and you know, he's not good at um, promotion. He doesn't even he hardly knows how to work uh, his cell phone. Mm -hmm. But there's so many people that love the honeymooners itself, Mm -hmm. the show, you know? Yeah, Yeah, it's a 65 year old show, but you can Mm -hmm. talk to people in their 20s and 30s. And everybody either has a story of 
yeah, I started watching with my grandpa or my oh, dad yeah. Yeah. started showing me the show. And mm-hmm. people, they, they find the show and they're like, this is absolute gold. Yeah. And so it's like, <laughs> I think we can always find people who love the original Honeymooner show. Yeah. And, uh, and that's why it's it's to me, it's it's always in the top five of greatest sitcoms of all time. Easily. It is. It should be in yeah. everybody's top five. I mean, the other one is I Love Lucy, but I, you know, maybe there's an I Love Lucy podcast out there, but that's one of the earlier, earlier ones. But you're not going to find many people talking about, you know, those early shows. Yeah, I I, I don't. Listen, Lucille Ball was tremendous. Show was ridiculous. And I think it was six seasons. I think it was 51 to 57. Mm-hmm. So it was either six or seven seasons, however yeah. they count it. Um, and there there are so many. Again, listen, if you took the best 39 episodes of any of the great sitcoms, mm-hmm. think about how iconic these shows would be. Even yeah. more iconic now. Mm-hmm. Think of take Lila of Lucy, the best 39 episodes and mm-hmm. make it that season. Yeah. And that's the show. You'd be like, oh, my God, this is amazing. You know, take the t- take the the, the t- top 39 episodes mm-hmm. of Odd Couple or yeah. All in the Family or Cheers. You know, I mean, there's so, for some people, Seinfeld. I, I was never uh, I don't really yeah. know the show. I know it's great. It just wasn't, yeah, a, big it wasn't a show fan. that I ever watched. Yeah. But imagine you just took the best 30 best yeah. 39 episodes. Well, of that's Seinfeld. what's amazing. The that's Honeymooners what I were only 39 episodes. They didn't have six years. Seinfeld was on for nine right. years, you know, to kind of, you know, to, to hone everything, to get everything in sync. But to have one season, you know, one year to have such great writing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm still amazed that it's a live show. That's, that's what you got to tell yourself. <laughs> now, this was not well, edited. He- I mean, it might have been edited a little bit later on with well, the, what they did know. was it was they filmed it live twice. And then, then, you know, broadcast. they took a little piece of beat yeah. and then they broadcast it, but yeah. they still filmed it live in front of an audience. They didn't. I don't think you, they, so, they stopped and said, OK, do that line again. See, that's the thing. No, with, no, with the show's the now play. If you yeah. if you pick apart, <laughs> if you watch a TV show now and you see the camera on one person and when it goes to the next person, that person might have said that line like five times. Who knows? You know, until they went when the camera switched to the next person. Right. Correct. But this was like, yeah, totally one. I'm pretty sure it was one camera. I mean, it might have been. It was either one or two. It might have been two. Yeah. But, you know, and that's the thing. And now the misconception with people is that it was it was live television, like it was live oh, yeah. Yeah. when it came on the air and it wasn't. Yeah. But yeah. still, yeah. what made it fantastic was it was filmed like a play. And that's yeah. why you get all mm-hmm. these flubs. That's yeah. why we get the it's not in a top hand dress pan draw. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. why we get that, because it was a play and it yeah. was filmed live. And it's, it, it, so, it's like real people would talk and mess up something because yes, a lot of these shows exactly. are, are so like they want to be perfect. I noticed that they per- there's no mistakes with someone's, you know, like I'm trying to yeah, speak even a now. stammer. Yeah, yeah like even yeah. stammering like you're doing now. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. You know, like a show that like is like that is like the Big Bang Theory. Right. For a while, I, I, we were watching the Big Bang Theory. It's, it's, it's a, it's a smart show, right? Not just smart, yeah. but it's good writing. I just couldn't stop watching it any, anymore. I, I couldn't mm-hmm. watch it anymore because the laugh track got me. Uh, it was aggravating. Once you start concentrating on on something, <laughs> well, because yeah. it, it it was over the top. Yeah, and that's the thing. It wasn't real, like. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, you know, they, they knew. All right. You know what? We put the laugh track after this line, after this line, after this line. It's yeah, like, yeah. it didn't seem it didn't know seem mean. organic. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like in fact, in the, Cheers in like the 60s or maybe this. Well, like the 70s, they'd always say filmed in front of a live studio audience. 
And you know right. you were getting which meant yeah. that they, you know, and you knew that you were getting uh a natural you know, like, reaction. Uh, right. Yeah. And they yeah. might have cut or stopped and then yeah, did yeah. something else mm-hmm. or like stopped it and then shot the next scene, but mm-hmm. you got a real uh reaction. They even yeah. said in Cheers, in the beginning of every episode of Cheers, you see it says uh Cheers is filmed before a live studio audience. Mm-hmm. Every episode yeah, says that. Yeah. I found out, do you know why they did that? Because in the beginning, people were frustrated with the laughs. They thought the <laughs> laugh, it was a laugh track because the laugh so loud that mm-hmm. it was almost making it hard to hear the show. Uh, yeah. And they were like, yeah, this is a real audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how yeah. funny Cheers was. So yeah. they had to do that to say, hey, this isn't a laugh track. We're not blasting a laugh track out there. This mm-hmm. is actually a real audience. And that's and look, and, and that's a that's another thing because it has those blemishes. You know what yeah. I mean? It's mm-hmm. got on it. It's little warts. But that's what it's just like, you know, somebody who's, you know, people that are married and they, they say, oh, we never fight. My wife's perfect. My husband's perfect. You're both full of shit. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> what makes it great is that those little imperfections that the other person mm-hmm. has, the little yeah. warts. That's what makes that's what makes the honeymooners so great was that you get thirty nine yeah. gold episodes with warts and all, you know, yes. and that's what makes it so great. Mm-hmm. I noticed that with the I never watched Carson. Right. I was mm-hmm. in the 70s. I was a I was a kid I didn't, in the 80s when I started becoming a teenager. I would go out on a Saturday night or whatever I would, yeah. or yeah. I was home sleeping. But I, I watched like reruns of, you know, the Tonight Show. Boy, was that show raw like it mm-hmm. was not a perfect yeah. show like yeah. it was it was filled with blemishes and warts i think that's what made it so acceptable and people liked it people because it relate. felt real to it. yeah yeah you know it's like seeing a beautiful girl who's just dressed nice and she's not wearing a lot of makeup and she doesn't really <laughs> do she just looks really nice and then mm-hmm. you see a girl with plastic surgery and fake boobs and you're like, yeah, you look great yeah. from 800 miles away. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, <laughs> and that's what makes it so great. These mm-hmm. old shows. So besides the honeymooners, you also do um, the Conte and Kenny show. And yeah, show- we haven't done it in almost a year because uh, Kenny oh, really? had gotten back surgery. Yeah. Huh. So January, we haven't done a show since like January and we might start okay. doing it again. He's getting okay. better. And uh, yeah, that's a good dude. show, too. And that's 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 a little more edgy. Well, yeah. It's, uh, hey, listen, <laughs> I, I tell people all the time when we first started doing that show, you know, mm-hmm. the podcast, whatever you call it, yeah. the term podcast had been invented yet. Yeah, we started that show start in 2005. That? OK, 2005. It was Internet radio. Mm-hmm. So we would just I know what you mean. I started uh, my uh, my honeymooners trivia show in 2007. Yeah. And the term podcast, you know, no, I I actually started it on about to get started and actually started on MySpace. I would post trivia questions at first and I'm like, maybe I should just do some audio. Right. So I started recording audio and posting it on there. And then I'm like, I'm just going to do a show. Like I'm going to, I can put it out whenever. And I started at, and it might've been, I forget what the website was. It wasn't uh, like Podbean or that's, that's where this show originates from, but uh, right. po- Oh, it was Podomatic. It was called. Might've Podomatic. It, that's where we yeah. first started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was a first free... started uh, recording it. Yeah. We would put it on Podomatic and that would yeah. be the one to go yep. up and yep. then Apple yeah. came out with, I, yeah. Yeah. automatic yeah, yeah absolutely are there any any shows that are coming up that you want to promote or you have um, anything coming up new, uh new year's eve um doing a mm-hmm. show uh, uh in newtown pennsylvania with two okay. other great comics and there's two shows newtown is like um like uh right on the right over it's almost on the border of new jersey and okay. uh, pennsylvania Mm-hmm. like down by like past Flemington, you know, okay. and uh, yeah, yeah, it's a cute theater. Yeah, it's called the Newtown Theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're doing two shows. One is a six o'clock show and then the other one's a 10 o'clock show. One for okay. people that, you know, 
if they want to, they're not looking to do the New Year's thing late. You know, they want to yeah. get a show in, be out on the road to dinner. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're interested, it's uh, if you think you go to jjcomedy.com, it's me, Andes, and Mark Riccadonna. And the, those two got they're phenomenal. Like they're just great, great. Comics. What are what are the names it's, again? Uh, Joe Fernandez. Okay. And Mark Riccadonna. And uh, even if you look those guys up and check out some of their YouTubes, you, you mm-hmm. if you're in the area, you, you want to come. Okay. It's going to be a lot of fun. I got some other stuff, but that's a big, that's an easy one. You know, it's a, it's a great theater. It's established. It's a, it's a great show. So if you're in the area, uh, definitely come down. It's going to be a blast. Okay. Plus it's New Year. So you, yeah. you say this takes a couple of weeks. So eh, it's perfect. You know, it gives it mm-hmm. uh, just enough time. And maybe uh, they'll want to come out and see the show. Now, before we go, I, I want to talk. You have a, a comedy DVD called Happiness. I want to promote yeah. that. Oh, um, thank you. This is your description. It's loaded with self-deprecating barbs and, and the kinds of life experiences that only a chubby boy from New Jersey can have. <laughs> <laughs> That's your own description. Huh? Yeah. Um, I don't even know I wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It might have been a friend of mine who wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> so you uh, listeners can go to Joe Conte and that's C-O-N-T-E dot com. Yeah. Or and I think you got can, some video on there, right? Yeah. My YouTube channel. I got some videos. Okay. Joe Conte comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, my album. You can go to like, I think it's everywhere now. It's on like uh, iTunes, Amazon. Okay. If you have like the special, you know, like the free amazon thing you could probably get well, it for apple, free. apple music apple music it's called yeah. happiness i okay. made it in 2011 it's okay. uh, it's okay. it's almost 10 years old okay and uh it's not bad considering i you know when i first made it i'm like oh my god this is terrible but i listened to it and it it, yeah. it it's actually pretty good so it was good talking to you joe dude it was a lot of fun man <laughs> yeah it was definitely a lot of fun all right. Well, okay. I got to uh, I got a show. I got to be out in uh, oh. East East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Oh. It's oh, wow. So it was a 730 show. Oh, OK, it's yeah, you're early. So I'm going to yeah. get ready. And okay. uh, dude, it was great uh, doing yeah. this. And it was good talking to you. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk again. Hopefully, uh, you know, absolutely, bro. Talk to, you, right, bro. talk to you soon. Have a good show tonight. Thanks, man. Okay, see you. Today's interview was recorded on Zoom and at, did you say, 7 Studios in Washington, New Jersey. Go to the YouTube channel for exclusive video content. Exit music by the band 99%. Today's show was produced and edited by Jim Thatcher. You can find Jim and Mike Talk Music on Apple Music, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You guys have 11 names, so I'm sorry, but I get it screwed up. (laughs)